Welcome back to Rogue Fun, a podcast story, the podcast all about Rogue One. I'm Alice White, and joining me today is a very special guest. We're here to talk about Andor, episode 11. Please join me in welcoming Nor Hall. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Hello there. Hi, I'm so glad that you're here to talk to me about this. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, Norhal is one of my fellow Geeky Waffle contributors and a just the general huge Star Wars fan with lots of uh, lots of feelings and opinions about this show. Um, and we were we did a Geeky Waffle episode a couple weeks ago for episode eight, I think, uh, of Andor. And I said, Norhal, you got to come to my show. You got to come talk about it with me. So I'm so gl- I'm so glad you're able to make it. No, thank you. Definitely, thank you so much for having me today, and definitely looking forward to talk more about Andor and Rogue One. Definitely happy to be here. <laughs> yes, well, I'm glad you mentioned Rogue One because this is, of course, a Rogue One show. <laughs> we talk about Rogue One the most. Um, so I wanted to ask you, since this is your first time on on the show, um, tell me about like the first time you ever saw Rogue One. Sure, sure. Uh, well. Uh, 2016 was uh, uh, it. I went to the premiere. I was there the first night because I said I don't want spoilers. I don't want to. I mean, it would be easier to like just stay away from social media, but no, I wanted to be there, get the movie, and uh, it was pretty emotional because I I know that it's emotional for a lot of us, especially the the end because. I think this movie achieves what one thing it achieves is to connect, make us connect with these characters that are brand new. For at that point, they were brand new; they were not part of the original trilogy. But I think it was great to create this connection, and at the end, it was really emotional. But for me, as a per, in a personal uh, side of it, was emotional from the almost like when uh, Jin sees. Uh, Gallon's hologram. I mm-hmm. was already crying because, um, well, that year, a few months before, my uh, father passed away. So uh, it was. <laughs> it I'm was... so sorry to hear that. Norhal, so did mine, actually. Oh, oh I didn't know like that. Right sorry ar- about yeah, that. like right around the same time. That's, yeah. I didn't know we had that in common. Oh. That uh, that made the movie really, really hard to watch, didn't it? Yes, <laughs> yes, totally. Because I when she saw the hologram i was already a, a puddle of tears at tears and then uh then when of course gallon dies it was really emotional but yeah. it it was beautiful and and i can tell you and th- just the theme your father would be proud oh, is yeah. such a like a personal meaning it has a lot of personal meaning for me and 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 the music for michael giacchino was perfect right right so i think it was amazing i loved it i mean and this is i I keep saying this on and on some people is kind of itchy uh, iffy about the having content from prequel i I don't want it but yeah it's the prequel or content or before the content that we already know and rogue one is oh well we is something that we know from the from the or beginning of a new hope that mm-hmm. a group of spies stole the death star plans but i felt that it it's, it's like having a missing piece of a puzzle because you might know how it ends but it matters how you tell the story yeah 
So I think Rogue One met that objective perfectly and in a, in a such a beautiful way, in a poetic way. And I, I know, I'm going to come with the George Lucas, uh, it's poetry, it rhymes, but yeah. It, <laughs> it yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we all we return to that phrase a lot. The it's poetry, it rhymes. Um, it, we return to that phrase a lot because it's it's true. There's so much of Star Wars that has echoes across projects, and you know, and but also that echoes you know, real life and things that we see in our in our day to day. But we feel the emotions come through in in Star Wars. We can see the Star Wars characters going through things that we know what it's like to 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 lose a father or to, you know, to lose your hope in, you know, in a rebellion or, you know, to, to look at the face of, of, you know, big evil in the world and feel okay. like Jin or so did to feel helpless against it. Or like, it's not my problem anymore. I don't have yeah. to, it's so easy to fall into that. And then here comes Rogue One saying, you can't just fall into apathy. You have to keep fighting. Because otherwise, who who is gonna who else is gonna do it if you're not? Um, and and I think that's that's like really important throughout Star Wars and something that we're seeing a lot now here in the Andor show. Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah, when Cassie the Andor shows up and is like, "Well, we're gonna escape out of this prison because if I don't do it, if I don't get these people out, nobody's gonna do it." And you know, yeah. to find the the cause, to find something that's that's worth fighting for, even when in the face of like such immense loss, Jin or so losing her father, now Cassian's lost his mother. Yeah. This like you lose people that are so close to you, and you want to stop fighting, but you can't. You've got to keep going. Exactly. And I think that's going to bring us to talk about this episode, since I've mentioned Cassian losing his mother. Um, Unfortunately, um, episode 11, we have now seen the last of Sweet Marva. Yes. For a minute before this episode, I held my hope that maybe, uh, I I assumed she was going to die by the end of the the season, but I assumed Cassian was going to have that moment yeah closure like a goodbye with her and we see that he didn't have that chance and it's so heartbreaking i know oh that was so hard it was so hard to watch um and to to think about all of the things that everybody's going through on ferrix right now and and Mm -hmm. the you know the oppressive arm of the empire over them and then marva one of their like important matriarchs and such an inspiring person yeah. just dies and it's she just was sick and it was cold and she didn't have the money and that's it. it i mean it happens all the time but it's it's super it's so sad cuz yeah cuz Cassian wasn't there to to say goodbye he wasn't there to help he couldn't you know yeah. and she didn't want his help no, and and also not only that we see that their last uh, contact Cassian was still the reluctant hero because we can see how inspired she was by the Aldani heist, by the mm-hmm. garrison. Like, okay, yeah, there's still the fire of rebellion in the galaxy. And maybe it's not my time to fight because I'm old, but some people out there is fighting. And unbeknownst to her, it was her own son who was the one who was oh. part of that. And 
I think from the point of view of Cassian is it might be heartbreaking that, hey, I did this and we heard him saying she 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 must be proud of me, but she hadn't he didn't have the chance to tell her or let yeah. her know. Oh, I wish he had told her that he was responsible for Aldani. Yeah. He he didn't want to tell her because he didn't want to like break her heart. You know, she thinks it's some great act of rebellion, but really it was just Cassian trying to make some money and other great rebels within. Yes. But all of the great rebels within, except for Vel, died. Um, yes. So he doesn't want to tell Marva that. He doesn't want to crush that hope that she has that that the the rebellion is working because it you know from Cassian's point of view it wasn't Vel's the only one that makes it out and takes the money to Luthen. Mm-hmm. As far as Cassian's concerned, it was not worth it. Um, except you know now he's got now he's got cash. He can go party on a beach if he wants to. <laughs> but yes, no, and, and it's beautiful how and I I have to give it to this series through and and how it connect the, the all the connective connective tissue to Rob one. Because yes. we see him standing, looking at the sun at the Ugh. end of the episode, like across the water. The sun is across the water, and after learning about her mother's death, his mother's death, my bad. And but then we fast forward to the end of Rogue One, mm-hmm. and we have the similar scene when him and Jin are about to die, and they're looking at the sun across the water, and he tells. Jim, that your your father must be proud would be proud it's like oh it's poetry it's poetry it hurt and it's and it's hurtful poetry is what it is i felt personally attacked yeah <laughs> cassian doesn't have a lot of luck on beaches it seems um not not his uh not his place i think <laughs> it's only not a, not a lucky place so stay away <laughs> yes i would i would advise him in the future to stay away from beaches but we all know how that ends yeah um yeah which that was yeah, I was I was in tears by the end of the episode, listening to him get the news and watching him on the beach, looking out at the sun. And um, when he yeah, he gets back to that beach planet. I we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I think this is important, you know, to, to talk about for Cassian oh. Anders personal like journey. He gets out of prison. He escapes. He's comes, you know, he leaves bloodied with barefoot with nothing. But you know nothing but melshi and yeah. um and gets back and there's his money and then um when he opens the box when um ne- uh, when Nevi- nemic's Nemi- um manifesto starts playing yeah and that's all he's got left basically is is money and um and this guy's treatise on on how to how to rebel and what's wrong with the empire and and the things that are worth standing up for and i just always gonna listen to that any minute and really get inspired by by that movement um because there he is standing there he's done every everything he's done at this point has been for himself and for his mom and now mm-hmm. his mom's gone and he's gonna be standing there on that beach searching for a reason to keep going and it's going to be what's going to keep him going is the rebellion and and we see in rogue one how he's given his everything to the rebellion everything he's done all of the bad things he's done all the people that he's killed all of the the sabotage and the spying and the lying 
he's done for the rebellion, which is mm-hmm. at this point all that he has left. There's mm-hmm. nothing. And that's so heartbreaking. And it's so interesting to see that that's where our boy is going to end up. We can see the path forward for him now. Yes. Yes. No, and totally because, um, yeah, we know he's an agent of the rebellion, his fulcrum and whatnot, but how he gets there, the process, I think is so, I mean, it's fantastic how they have been tying all the, like the connect, connecting every dot mm-hmm. to get to that point. And that's, that's really neat. And at the same time, giving us a glimpse of how the rebellion started, because at this point, uh, I, I know I feel like sometimes we see the rebellion, the rebel alliance, like, yeah, this is an organized group that is always been there together and whatnot, but it it is not, as we can see. There have been a force here, there, and everywhere, but not really an organized front of opposition against the empire. So here we can see that how how uh, he plays a part into the rebel alliance that we get to meet in the original trilogy yes yes and it's um yes we can see it and there it is in the future we're almost there but uh lucky us we get one more episode this season and 12 more episodes in another season we're so lucky because this show's been amazing even this episode which after this episode ended um i sat there and i was like okay well we're just setting up pieces for the next episode. There really yeah. wasn't like too much that ha- that no. happened in this episode. Uh-huh. A lot of really interesting set pieces, uh, chess pieces being moved into place for something that's going to go absolutely crazy ne- next episode. Um, because we can we can talk about some of the other characters now. Um, everybody mm-hmm. is being turned towards one place yeah, and that's um, and that's Ferrix and that's Marvis Funeral everybody's ready to go Cyril, Dedra uh, Vel, Vel Stinta, Stinta, the Imperial Spy that's already there uh-huh. that I really am, am getting a kick out of the Imperial Spy and Cinta like <laughs> like talking to each other yeah um, that's that 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 made me laugh pretty hard we've got Luthen on his way um Everybody is coming to converge on one spot, and it's just this just this old lady's funeral. Um, yeah. But Cassian Andor has become the focal point for all of these people. Exactly. Oh, and he should not go to that funeral. <laughs> we I know. know he I would go. like don't don't go don't go, baby. Everybody's be... everybody's looking for you. <laughs> yeah, but he has it no is... idea. He has no idea. I mean, I keep joking about, for example how from last episode we saw how uh, Luthen was talking about with Lonnie like oh yeah just let leave uh, Didra allow Didra to do her stuff but Didra is you thinking oh Cassian is gonna lead me to this axis figure who is a vital figure of the rebellion efforts but yes and no because it was Perhaps Luthen wanted Cassian to become part of the rebellion. But as far as we know, it was just, okay, let's do the Aldani heist. You're, I'm going to hire you to do that. But 
it's interesting how all the parts are coming, like you said, coming together towards Ferex. And even including the, the wild card that is Cyril Karn, oh, that man. my boy is obsessed. <laughs> I, I keep joking that he's going to, the next time they face each other, he's going to be like, you you took everything from me. And Cassian is like, I don't know who even, I, I don't even know who you are. Like, <laughs> like Wanda and Thanos. But... Like Thanos. Oh, no. It's true, though. The yeah. serial's been so hyper-focused on Cassian this whole yeah. time and has been sitting there looking. I've been saying this whole time that every time Cyril pulls out that little hologram of Cassian to look at it. Yeah. Um, and just stares at Cassian's face. I'm like, same. I do that. Sometimes I'll just pull up a picture of Diego Luna and look at him too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get it, Cyril. I understand. We get it. Um, but yeah, he's his his anger and his um and his rage and everything has been focused on this one man. He's like, this man is the the, the like cause of all of my troubles. He's the reason why I got demoted. He's the reason why the ISB doesn't take me seriously. He's the reason why this girl Dedra doesn't like me back, even though I waited for her in the rain outside of her office, um, which is terrifying. Um, he's a he's a scary little lad. He's reminding me there's like some incel energy there that I that makes me a little nervous, um, and that he's that he's going to do something really dangerous and really mm -hmm. hurtful. Um, just to take revenge on this guy like we mm -hmm. like you said who doesn't even know who he is <laughs> like, dude i don't even know who you are but you mentioned a really important point about cyril and his how he correlates to this insult like faces for the foot like cannon folder that we see in mm -hmm. reality and i think this series have made a great job of bringing topics that are important for many of us in, dif in different aspects and it, things that we can relate like oh racial profiling uh issues with with uh prisons authority and such i think it's it's fantastic how it calls to those issues and even beyond of, of course we have talked about the emotional connection that we have with the characters and we like can relate with the hope the messages of hope and and in how they inspire us but at the same time having those issues that are kind of similar to what we see in reality is like even like ah uh, it has an added weight right absolutely yes the stakes are so high and mm -hmm. so much of it is familiar to us like like yeah we've been we've been saying it this whole episode that that things that feel like reality or things that echo our reality yeah. like losing a parent or watching you know a, an evil government take over mm -hmm. and all of these things that are things that, that are happening that that we can see happen in in real life and then on a much smaller scale Cyril Karn is a man that we could encounter on the street at any point at any time this yes. like obsessive energy this like I'm gonna get what I want what I'm owed you know the it's um it's it's like really scary um he's also extremely funny i know <laughs> i know <laughs> just Mom, let me have my cereal in peace and let me eat my cereal let me talk to my friends on the phone mom leave me alone like <laughs> yeah but and it's fantastic that we can see these members of the empire sometimes i feel that in media, in, in Star Wars, we see, ah, oh, these are the bad guys and these are the good guys. Like, is what black or white? 
But right. we see these characters that, hey, I mean, we are invested in Cassian Andor because he's our character, a relatable character that we know, we love, and is Diego Luna, of course, as an extra, extra bonus points. But uh, I think for them in universe, I mean, Cyril, he thinks he's doing the right thing because this guy came and, and killed two of his uh, co-workers mm -hmm. and how his superior is like, no, just just let let it go. Yeah, and pretend it never happened. It, pretend it never happened, that exactly. And also Deidre. Deidre is someone that is, a is part of an organization. She's an overachiever. She wants to, a for her, revel revels are terrorists. Mm -hmm. So from her perspective, and I keep coming to the from a certain point of view, <laughs> like many of the truths we cling depends on the, the uh, of our point of view, like Obi-Wan would say, but yeah, and it's, and Andor has another added, and maybe I, I should not talk maybe in the finale, we're going to have a lightsaber coming out of nowhere, but <laughs> that's, that's fantastic that we have an empire, we have a galaxy, but we are seeing it we have mentioned the emperor or whatnot, but we haven't had any Jedi, like runaway Jedis, or we haven't had any Sith or Inquisitors, which is really like, I, I'm not saying with this, like, oh, having them is bad, right. but it's right. interesting to see it. Like I from completely the, agree. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. I have found that some of the like day-to-day -day little things that the Imperials have uh, get up to, the guy mm -hmm. eating his blue ramen noodles a couple episodes ago and like yeah. the, you know, the little apartments that they live in and the elevators that they take to work and, and all of that has been fascinating to watch. Yes. See, like this is just regular life on Coruscant and most people in this galaxy of billions and billions and billions of people, most of them are going to work for the, the empire, for the government with oh, such yeah. a, a massive government that controls all aspects of things like most people are just going to be regular employees of the empire look yeah. skywalker wanted to be an employee of the emperor he wanted to yes. join the imperials the, he wanted um, to go to the academy yeah because of course he did because when you're just a regular person working you know working and making your living it doesn't really matter that yeah. the that there's an, a, an evil emperor so long as you can you know, live and survive and make your money and raise your children and be happy with your family. Most people don't care. Um, and so, you know, Cyril's mom is just like got her little apartment and she's like, um, I guess my son's back and now he's got to go to work <laughs> and now I got to deal with all of this. Like she doesn't, she doesn't care. She's not going to sit there and be like, I'm, a, I love Emperor Palpatine. Like she's not like, like a fanatic. She's of course just not. some lady. She's just, just a person who lives in a, you know, a middling, you know, not super wealthy, not super poor area mm -hmm. of Coruscant and just doing her, just doing her thing like millions and billions of other people. And she's also the worst. Cyril's mom sucks. <laughs> she's a terrible person. Toxic. But like, but like, it's been really interesting to, to see people wa are walking to work. Uh, the yeah, Imperials, they have their uniforms and they also have um little jackets that go over their uniforms when it's and raining like, outside kind of like galactic tie <laughs> yeah and um, politicians as well i mean you have these politicians that are like ah, well we 
like we are like one percent we don't we should not care about the rest of the galaxy so. right they're yeah they're having their little parties and drinking worm champagne and like yeah. <laughs> doing doing their thing there's a handful of them that care so much but when mon mothma is making a speech about how the government is overreaching and overstepping mm-hmm. in people's lives ever like half the people just go ah uh, they turn off their little senate thing and just go away and start doing other things because they're like, we don't care so long as I'm happy. Exactly. Or as long as I have peace. And, and I, I think through the different media, the books and the comics, we have seen the role of the empire across the galaxy in some places. uh, Like it has brought progress. It has helped get rid of uh, local crime and insecure. Like, this um for some people is like hey the the emperor is is fine it's okay and maybe you have to buy, pay a little price for order and progress but it, yeah. it's a perspective yeah it's it's i i really appreciate that the show is letting us see that as well because that's how so many people think in real life too and then oh, we yeah. can sit here and watch it from afar and go oh, that's wrong. I shouldn't be that person. I should be this person that's fighting for people's rights and fighting Mm -hmm. for people that, like, matter. Because, like, everybody matters. Um, Even the littlest person, even the, you know, even (laughs) the little old man in a prison who, you know, gets a stroke and inspires a prison breakout. Like, that guy matters. Um, I miss him already. I miss oh, all of them already. Kino. I was really upset that we didn't even get a hint as to what Kino's up to. I but I know. really liked Cassian and Melshi um, talking about I, uh, if anybody I else joked. made it. I know. I joked and yeah, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan, I have to say. But yeah, it's like, yeah, Killmonger, rescue him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I was uh, re-watching Black Panther to watch Wakanda Black- Forever. So he's like, yeah, Killmonger, safe. Killmonger got him. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's that's the crossover event that we needed. Yeah, we Kilmonger have multi him, multiverse and yes, t- takes him, kidnaps him, and then oh well, then he dies um, yeah. over there. But he didn't drown. <laughs> that's he didn't what, drown. That's important. <laughs> that's important. Poor guy. Um, I know. I I find I found myself in this episode kind of missing that those characters yeah. and that that dynamic because now it's just they're just all by themselves. Yeah. And they had the, they talked. They said, "Did anybody else make it?" I mean, like Cassian and Melshi, uh, they're they're run, they run and run and run, and they're you know they're young and they're healthy and they're strong, yes. and but they even then they barely barely made it out. They found like the only two little aliens on that planet that have a ship that are like, "Yeah, all right, we'll give you a ride. Why not?" I know. Like, and, what and, is and, that? And, and you know, it made me think about the the the. The luck, what happened with the guards as well because we do this is important i was thinking we might have uh, some some sort of like aftermath of what happened in arkina 5 from the side of the empire which we didn't yet but it makes me think that just think what is going to happen to those guards mm-hmm. so because oh, the yeah. emperor is unforgiving so, I mean, it, it makes me think of the Grand Inquisitor lock and in, in what happened, fates in, in, in Rebels, that he prefers to throw himself because he knows the Empire is not going to be like Vader and the Emperor are not going to be so, so forgiving. So, oh, yeah. um, it makes me think, I'm, 
if I were the guards, I would have changed my clothes, dressed as a prisoner and escaped. <laughs> yeah, and jumped yeah, in the like, water too. Like, all right, this is it. Bye. Bye. Yeah, because Pretend I died in the... Exactly, because you think about it. I mean, all the, the empire that goes to investigate, they're going to just at least make them prisoners. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Put them to work. Put, put them to work making the... Do you think there was Death Star parts that they were making? I think. I think that I think was. was. Yeah. And it was... I mean, I think that the Empire was just... I've been saying this, that they were just making out, uh, making up excuses to get prisoners to to work, to ramp up the, num the, the production for the that stars i mean that's that's what that's my impression yeah yeah which unfortunately is what takes out cassian oh. in just a couple of years the horrible thing it's horrible thing. too ironic and it's it feels like a personal attack i feel like tony gilroy is personally looking me in the eye and laughing He's like yeah i'm gonna make you suffer <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what it feels like sometimes Speaking of suffering, yes. um, one of the characters we didn't talk about yet is um, poor Bix. Oh, Bix yes. Kaline. Um, that shot of her when she's when they sit her up after mm -hmm. the torture and they put her in the chair, that like haunted look on her face and how pale yeah. and oh my gosh. If this whole cast isn't nominated for acting awards, like Emmys, Screen Actors Guild Award, Golden Globes, like it's honestly they it would be a travesty if they weren't all nominated. It's a travesty, yeah, because that's what I've been saying, that the Andor, I mean, this is a tough year because we have these previous winners as The Crown and Succession. Oh, yeah. I mean, Succession is coming the season three. I, I think it would be part of the selection for this year. Oh, man. That's but stacked. As, they should know, have a, a science stack. fiction cat a science fiction fantasy category. Because, and then we have the Juggernauts. Mm -hmm. Ring, rings of power in House of the Dragon, but I can say, I mean, Andor is the dark horse. It is this honestly because it, everybody is giving it their a, a game. I think Andy Circus has generated enough like talk uh, oh, yes. that I I can see nominations coming in for Andy Circus like specifically. Um, I would love to see more of them. And then yes. I was just blown away at at um. Oh, I've just Ad forgotten her name. Adria Adria Arjona. Yeah, she was. Yes, she was unreal in this episode. The the horror and shock on her face, how she was trembling when she could when she couldn't even walk herself out of the room. And the guy was half yeah. carrying her. When I it was. It was. So I, I'm, upset. I'm not. Yeah, it was so upsetting because it makes you think that okay, the first reference of torture in a Star Wars media was of course Princess Leia, right, with Darth Vader. But Princess Leia is force sensitive. So of course she was, of course she suffered. I'm not, I'm not saying she didn't, but she had enough force sensitivity to withstand. And we don't know if it was comparable, the type of torture anyway, but. Sure. It could have been just like physical pain, something you can, you know. Exactly. But in this case, we see someone that is just, a, 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 maybe it was a tougher type of torture. Then mm -hmm. anyhow, it was so like the impression to see her. It was really, really it was harrowing. It was yes. It was it was awful. Um, yeah, we've seen. There's a surprising. I was just kind of running through my head. There's a surprising amount of torture 
in, oh, in yes. Star Wars. They do that kind of a lot. Um, and it's pretty awful every time, but I think this specific torture, this, was, this was. I, I think, I don't know it's what they're going to do about it or if they're going to like, there's a reason why we don't see it mm-hmm. used in the future. Like if it gets banned or something, because yeah, maybe. I think even for the empire, that's one of the most evil things that I, Mm-mm. that I can, that I can imagine. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad and impressive. And it gives you the, oh man, yes. This is, they're, they're not playing games to achieve something they want. And I, it's not like the Empire. And I keep saying, some people, some some of the members of the Empire are kind of drawn to the towards the dark, towards the evil in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they maybe not joined the Empire because they were Sith or dark siders, but kind of the environment they were in kind of start allowing, oh, this is okay because we can do it. So yeah. that's, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. It was really, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch the aftermath and how she could hardly speak at all. Um, and then they ask her about the um, the other rebel guy. The Krieger. Krieger. Uh, Krieger. Sorry. And she doesn't answer. She doesn't say anything. Mm-mm. But I wonder if she had the wherewithal, if she was, like, smart enough to go, like, yeah, that's my guy. And, like, throw somebody under the bus. Because, like, I, of course you wouldn't want to hurt somebody like innocent she Mm -hmm. doesn't want to do that but also she knows that she can't give luthan away and that she wants to protect cassian who's been caught in the middle of all of this Mm -hmm. because like every question they ask her too is like did you who did you introduce cassian and or to was it this guy cassian's like part of it and Mm -hmm. he's important to her oh of course and um and so i think that she probably didn't give or that she probably um, put the blame on the on the other guy, Anton yeah. Anton Krieger, because I yeah. don't know if if they um, if she would have said just uh, to deflect, like no, that's not that's not my guy or mm-hmm. whatever. No, no, that's not him. I wonder if she, you know, she seemed like she would be a pretty good liar. That she could be like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy that I met up with, and yeah. save everybody's life probably. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Luthen. I'm worried about, about Luthen. Luthen's rolling up to Ferrix to so- yes. show his real face without his wig and everything. Oof. Yeah. I mean, and this is, I think I saw somewhere about, I think it was Tony Gilroy who said, like, yeah, don't get too attached to the new characters. I mean, some oh, of no. them are not going to make it, but oh, no. I feel like because Luthen, his speech last episode was wow. Like, Empty chairs and empty ta- at empty tables from the oh, yeah. type of quality of like I've sacrificed everything mm-hmm. to allow others to get over this empire of evil. So it's uh, it's a relatable character at a certain point. Like yeah, well that's you you think oh it's uh, self sacrifice and such and to see him I mean. Another thing, the like you said, the performances on this series are amazing. Stellan Skargard and Forrest Whitaker, I mean, high te- caliber thespians as well. It's like we are fortunate as oh, Star very. Wars fans to have so much type of so, so much quality in this type of in, in in the saga. So I love his interaction and 
setting up to get how the rebellion like this this is called is this war really mm -hmm. seriously because let's call it war yeah let's call, let's call it war so and also then the part where the empire and we see the incompetency of the empire and the attitude that like the uh yeah we'll use the practice i mean the that the type of abuse they inflict into the galaxy it's terrible because you can say hey what if it was just uh uh, uh some someone like uh just a random guy who was not not doing any anything wrong and these guys are gonna subject him to abuse to bore his chip just because they can right exactly exactly and so they they gotta go <laughs> come on rebels <laughs> get, get rid of them it's an awful thing yes the 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 amount of just like power oh we've got power over these people so we can just use it why not, mm -hmm. um, why, not? why not why not develop the most evil torture device that that we've ever exactly. heard of before? why not just arrest this guy because and board his ship even though he wasn't doing anything even though his papers well, yeah. checked out it's yeah. um just because we can mm -hmm. yeah and it's uh you see it all over all over the show imperials just using their power abusing their power yes mm -hmm. just because and that's um that's pretty awful it's, it's pretty awful and it's a, an important lesson to people in general i think just like you you know you you can't you can't just let this happen you can't just stand by and and watch this yeah just happen. be on a spectator and let people be abused and not doing anything yeah. sometimes because you have you to give, stand up mm -hmm. absolutely you give people in one inch and they're going to take a mile you say okay you can have this little bit of power over me mm -hmm. and then they go ah now i got all the power over you and they don't yes. stop that's correct yes totally agree and and Luthen, i mean i know we had seen that in the trailer but it was fantastic to see that kind of shot that like the the beams oh that, that was really show. cool oh, that was fantastic that was yeah really, that was really, really cool good. his ship is really cool there's a lot oh. going on in that ship and how quickly that it came up with the fake papers and how you know mm -hmm. And then those beams coming out the side of his ship. How neat. Yeah. I uh I I was sat there afterwards just being like, oh my god, Lupin. I want I just want him to give me a tour of his ship and talk about it. I know, yeah. Yeah, give <laughs> us a tour, please. That would be fantastic. Yeah, maybe we'll get a behind the scenes documentary. Like we've oh, like yes. we've gotten behind the scenes for Mando and Boba Fett and Kenobi, right? Yeah, hopefully would, hopefully we'll get one for andor too yeah and that would be fantastic because yeah i know the oh, the discourse of course but um that ah oh, practical volume and whatnot oh, I, yeah. I i I, th I think that okay it has its purposes to use practical but also the volume i think mm -hmm. i think you can live with the best of both worlds you don't have to be like ah, i don't know but in this case i see that in andor as much as they can, they focus on practical effects, and I, I like that. But of course, yeah. you're gonna have to use CGI. You're gonna have to use 
like this. How are you gonna do a beam? Uh, yeah, you're gonna. Of course, of yeah. course. It's it's still Star Wars. <laughs> you still yeah. have to do the spaceships and and everything. But yeah, the practical effects and the and the like phys- the like physical sets that they're on are really it makes the show look really really good. Yeah. And I don't think I realized how like how different it was until like I just watched Mandalorian and went, oh yeah, that's you know. That's uh-huh. TV. They're just making regular TV. I didn't know about the volume. I didn't know about the screens until uh-huh. after the first season was all the way over, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden now I'm watching this show and I go, oh, I do see it. I do see why that's different. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still, I mean, it, what a cool piece of tech that they have. But it's nice that they can do both, that we can get a little bit of everything. So Yes. And it's fantastic. And I think as Star Wars fans right now, we are so fortunate because we have so much media to cons- to, to explore TV. We have uh, books and comics and animated. It, and it's fantastic. And, and I think it's up to everyone, to, to each one of us to decide, okay, I want to consume everything or I know, oh, I just like this or I don't like this. And that's fantastic. It's up- yeah. But, um, yeah, I heard something like, ah, having the Star Wars fatigue, like, oh, well, then you do you. I mean, then don't watch it. Don't watch <laughs> it. I mean, it, don't watch it. I don't have a problem, but it, it, it's understandable. But I keep thinking of the fans back in late 80s and early 90s that the franchise was practically dead. Yeah, they didn't have anything. They didn't have anything. Maybe some legends and some books and such but it was not the same as having content in media uh, like mm-hmm. being uh, in interacting with a lot of uh, with a lot of fans like we have so it is i mean we are fortunate I'm, I'm happy to have and especially andrew that we see that hey we can have this content that maybe it's not r rated like adult content but is with this focus on this type of topics that can explore in other areas and it's yes. still star wars absolutely yes with serious conversations and yeah it doesn't need to be r-rated it doesn't need to be sexy it doesn't need to like be sweary yeah. it doesn't although this one's a little sweary which is kind of kind of fun well, it's okay yeah you the, know just a little just yeah a just little, a little like at the beginning but like mm-hmm. but more more than that it's an it's a grown up Star Wars because it's having serious conversations about right. tyranny and sacrifice and the difference between rebellion and terrorism and where the line is drawn between people like Mon Mothma and Saw Gerrera, um, and and like what is necessary in a world like this to to ensure freedom and and you know rights for people. Um, uh, conversations that ha- we have been having throughout all of Star Wars, but are now mm-hmm. like serious on the ground conversations where we can see actual consequences happening to people that don't have any magic powers, like the Jedi. Oh yeah, it's no, and neat. and also it's it's really neat because it allows us at least this series through these different arcs, we've had glimpses of different planets and places in the galaxy, but it has shown us like it has taken its time to develop those characters and give us more content uh the the costumes their 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 um 
how they uh, their perspective. I mean, it's like you said, I miss Kinoloi. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. And it was a character that we met during the last three episodes, or the previous three episodes during the Narkina 5 um, arc. But the series took its time. The writing is fantastic because it took its time for us to get invested in, in, in this character. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's so good. We're so lucky. As yeah. much as I could sit here and talk to you about Star I know. Wars literally forever, I think it's uh, it's about time to wrap up the episode. So, um, th again, thank you so much for, for joining. I had such a nice time talking to you. I um, I hope you'll come back on the show, especially when sure. we get into Season 2 and even more deep Star Wars lore. You're, uh, you have... You're, you have such a, a, a nice way of um, collecting all of your thoughts and, and laying them out so so nicely. It's, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. If the people listening to the show want to find you online and follow you on on the internet, where should they look? Oh, well, thank you again so much for having me. It's a pleasure always to talk to you about Star Wars, and especially Rogue One and Andor. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Norhal. I have a link tree in my bio with different pursuits and websites. I have also Tumblr, Instagram at Norhal. I have another account named uh, at Norhal Music where I post all my acoustic and piano covers. I'm currently working on the Midnight, the new album by, by Taylor Swift. I didn't get tickets yet, but hey, it's okay. I, I have the music. It, I, I know it's been a nightmare, but I can't wait to hear your covers because what a beautiful album. Oh, lovely. And you're so you. talented. But I'll put all of the links to everything in the uh, show notes as well uh, for people that um, that prefer that. Um, I uh, If you want to follow this show on Twitter, it's at uh, RogueFunPod. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr, all at AliceWhiteTHP for those happy places which is our flagship show about theme parks, rides, and attractions. Um, you can find Those Happy Places, Rogue Fun, and all of our other uh, podcast pursuits over at thosehappyplaces.com. And you can follow our Patreon at patreon.com slash thosehappyplaces. If you can't support the show monetarily on our Patreon, you just want to give us a shout out, go ahead and uh, tell your friends about the show. We love talking about Star Wars. Uh, we're always online talking about Star Wars. Come follow us on Twitter and, and, uh, Tell us what you thought about the episode. Uh, special thanks to Buddy Duquesne, who once again was not able to join us for this episode, but uh, we'll get him someday. He'll 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 show up. Rough fun. Pulling away. May the force be with you.